0: Welcome to episode five of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. I'm your host, Joe Galloway. I'm joined again by my co host, Luigi Federico. Welcome to the NFL
1: offseason, everyone.
0: And Ryan Nunn. It's draft season, baby. Collectively, we are the Dynasty Dreamers. We go to bed thinking about Dynasty. We dream about Dynasty. We wake up thinking about Dynasty. You get the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in addition to YouTube. On today's show, we're going to take a look at another
1: one of Luigi's rosters. We are also going to give one fantasy take each from the Super Bowl. Before we do that, though, on the third week of February 2023, Joe Galloway, what are you doing with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy?
0: So I think it's clear that one of these two guys is going to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers on week one of next year. Garoppolo is is all but done. I mean, that's didn't even Shannon even say come out and say that, which I thought was Interesting. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but uh, so, so one of these guys is going to be the starting quarterback now. Which one? I, personally, today I don't know. I I I lean towards Trey Lance because of the draft capital, but that's really the only reason. We've seen more out of Rock Purdy at, up to this point in his career than we've seen out of Trey Lance, which is not really Trey Lance's fault, but it's just the truth. Uh, I was big on Lance coming into his rookie season. I, he was my QB two right behind Lawrence. And I haven't really changed my opinion of him personally, but everything that's going on around him makes me feel like that Trey Lance has lost a lot of value, in my opinion. I currently have him as my QB 15, only because of age. Uh, Purdy, I don't really have ranked... I, I, He's very fascinating to me on on where I would actually put him. He might sneak into the top 24, maybe, but probably not. Uh, my answer to this question is: if you're win now, I don't want either one of these guys on my team. If I'm being personal, honest with you, maybe maybe Purdy, because he's got less value, so there's less risk in keeping him on your team. But Trey Lance, I just don't want, even though I still have faith in him. San Francisco has kind of gone out of their way to show us on multiple occasions throughout the last few years that they may not believe in him. Uh, They started Garoppolo a couple of years ago whenever his arm was falling off instead of bringing uh, Trey Lance into a playoff game. Uh, Trey Lance, uh, he did did start off this season, so that was a good sign, but I, I feel like that there have been multiple... There have been multiple things that have happened to make me think that Kyle Shanahan in particular doesn't have a strong opinion of Trey Lance. And I'm wondering if Brock Purdy's success is going to make that situation even worse. So with a win-now team, like I said, probably might keep Purdy. I'm probably trying to trade Lance for his current value because I think it's still relatively high. I mean, he's still being valued probably as a mid uh, QB two, maybe even a high QB two for some people. Uh, when, when later, I'm probably just going to keep both of them. I, I, if if somebody makes me a sweet offer for Lance, I might consider trading him, but with win later, I'm more willing to gamble that he's going to be the guy going forward. But if I, if I'm win now, guys, I, I don't want to, to put any, I don't want to have to depend on Trey Lance going next season. Ryan, what do, what do you think about these guys? Well, on Purdy, uh, with the fact that he's got that Tommy John surgery, yes, he has played well. I'm just trying to get out from underneath him, and if I can get a second for the guy, I'm moving on. Like I feel like uh, you're getting your spike in value uh, from where you for what you put into him, and he may be a serviceable quarterback, but he's never going to be an elite. Uh, Dynasty quarterback. So even if if he does come back and is the starter, he's just going to be a guy that's probably going to be hopefully be your QB three in, on a lot of rosters. Uh, Trey Lance still has like all the upside in the world. I am a Trey Lance truther, as both of you guys know. Uh, I'm I'm just solidly holding Trey Lance and knowing that at some point his talent is going to show. And the spike spike in value is going to happen. So if you have a a team that's very definitively in the win-now position and your first quarterback is, I don't know, let's say Trevor Lawrence, or it's even, I mean, we'll go farther now. Let's say it's Kirk Cousins. You're comfortable going into next year with Trey Lance as your second quarterback with all the questions that have been around him in the last two years? Uh, Oh, I may try to go out and get a guy like Daniel Jones or someone like that but I'm not moving off the upside of Trey Lance. Like he just. So you mean in addition to Lance? Yes. You might go try to get a third guy. Yes. I'm going to get a third. I'm probably going to get a third guy and just keeping Lance on my roster. I really think that he will spike in value and be in the top 10. Uh, I just don't, I can't, can't see not, not keeping that guy. I, I just think so highly of him. Uh, it brings up an interesting question. Do, do Sometimes, and I'm not just saying Ryan here, do we get so so set in our ways with a certain player that we don't pay attention to everything that's happening around us or everything that's happening around that player? Do we get too stubborn? Uh, that would I, be a question I would have for Ryan. Uh, well, I mean, I, w- I felt the same way about Justin Fields, and he has proven me right. I I think that, I I would say Justin Fields has proven you right for about half of a season.
1: So I tend to agree with Ryan when it comes to Lance and Purdy. Purdy having the UCL injury, he's going to be out for at least six months, and I I think Trey Lance is just going to come in and command the offense better than he did to start the year last year. I mean, I, I really don't think Purdy was all that talented. We've seen guys like Nick Mullins come into the offense and played better than Jimmy Garoppolo did when Nick Mullins was the starter. So I think it's really just how the how the offense is built around their quarterbacks. And I, I think I think Trey Lance gives that offense even a higher ceiling. Okay. This is not an
0: argument for Brock Purdy is better than Trey Lance, because personally I don't actually believe that. But correct me if I'm wrong. Hasn't Brock Purdy in the limited amount of time he's played been significantly better than the limited amount of time we've seen Trey
1: Lance. True or false? That's true. But I think the thing is, Brock Purdy, being a backup, can go out there and afford to throw the ball down the field and, and try his hardest as it's, to, it's the same argument that Bailey Zappi versus Matt Jones. Bailey Zappi went into the offense and, was throwing the ball 30 yards down the field and looked a lot better than Mac Jones, but he's not going to start over Mac Jones because he he knows he doesn't have anything to lose. Bailey Zappi was for what, half a game? Game and a half? No, Bailey Zappi played like four games, Joe. Did he really? Yeah, he started like four games.
0: How many games was he did he play well though?
1: All four games. Maybe. maybe three of the four games.
0: Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't remember him being that good. I don't remember him being anything like what we're talking. What pe- Purdy did the last pe- four
1: quarters ca- of the season. I, I mean, he he wasn't he wasn't a top five quarterback like like Brock Purdy was looking like. But yeah. but he there was pe- very many people were calling so, out for Bailey happy to be the starter over well, Mac Jones. Well, simply, all we're
0: saying here is it's not very hard to take Mac Jones's job. Is what we're saying. Well,
1: it's not very hard to be a backup and come in and and and. And not have anything to lose, and and play your life out.
0: Maybe, maybe there's less stress. I'll give you that. But how many guys have we actually seen do what Brock Purdy's done?
1: Well, what if, I'm if, saying if, is, if we get to around
0: eight or eight or nine in our mock draft, maybe we can talk about Mike
1: well, What I'm saying is, it, in the last five years, there's been two backup <laughs> quarterbacks to come off the bench and play better than the starting quarterback, being Nick Mullins and Brock Purdy. And neither one of those. Nick Mullins clearly wasn't the starter the next year. In fact, I don't even think he's a backup on the team. He could be a third stringer. But he came off the bench and played better than Jimmy Garoppolo did. I'm saying that's the exact same thing that Brock Purdy is looking like, coming off the bench playing better than both starters because he looked better than Jimmy G and Trey Lance. And it's true. And, but Jimmy G is going to go somewhere and be a starter, and I don't think Brock Purdy will be a starter next year.
0: Okay. My, my biggest thing also with Lance is the fact that we knew he was going to be a project coming in like his uh, – we knew his talents were very raw and it was going to take some time for him to develop. He really hasn't had that time on the field to do so. Brock Purdy was definitely more polished coming in than uh, Lance was, but I think his upside is that's, that's an argument for you just made an argument for Purdy as the starter going into week one, if he's healthy because that team is ready to win right now. So do we really want to continue to try to develop Trey Lance? Is there, what's the, what's the likelihood that the San Francisco 49ers, are going to try to move Trey Lance this offseason. I I feel like it's fairly high if I'm being completely honest with you. I'm I'm gonna say 15-20%. I am going to say 15 20 percent i, I do not think it's that high. Like really? you don't think it's
1: 15-20%? Well, I don't think it's as high as Joe said being fairly high. Uh, if, if 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 they could trade him for a first,
0: if if they felt comfortable with Purdy's arm, cause, I mean Tommy John surgery for a quarterback is not a not something you want to, like, sneeze at. I mean, that's a big thing. Like, he, it's not like he had great arm strength to begin with. Like, he may have a dead arm when he comes back. You just never know. It's possible. That's why I'm looking to try to get rid of him right now. Like, I, just, I just cash out, and I'll take my losses on the other side of it is.
1: Are you cashing out on Purdy and Luigi? Uh, like you said, if I'm in a win-later team, I'm probably keeping both of them because <laughs> – as confident as I am, I think that Lance is going to be the starter. I would rather have both guys on my team, and and one of them I think is going to gain value either well, way. And I'll take it a
0: step further. If I have either one of them on my team,
1: especially if I have
0: Lance, I'm probably going to go try go and try to get Purdy on a win later team. And if I have Purdy,
1: and I could get the right price for Lance, I'm probably doing that as well. I agree. Uh, so, but but on a, on a win now team. I like Lance, but I'm, I don't want to go into a season having to rely on him to start the year. Right. My, we my can th- speculate
0: all we want to on this. And, and I know you guys are strongly in the camp that you think that it's Trey Lance. But we honestly have very little clue who's going to start next year. It he, could go either way if we're being honest. My my, my, thought, my thoughts on Lance is, even if he's not the starter there, like they're probably going to trade him if that's the case. And he's going to be a starter somewhere else because they're not going to get rid of him without without getting some capital. Nobody's going to give up someone to set on the bench. All right, guys, let's discuss the Super Bowl here briefly. Uh, pretty classic game until that ending, I would say. Uh, two absolute gladiators at the quarterback position going back and forth with each other. Maybe the stats weren't overblown with the two of them, but it just felt like to me that those two were always in control of the game. Uh, they At times, uh, they felt the felt like defenses
1: weren't even on the field at times to me. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, three-quarters of the way through the game, I was thinking to myself, I don't think there's any way that the winning quarterback doesn't win MVP. Like you said, they were in control of the game the whole time. Hardly any mistakes. I think in the second half, Mahomes only had one incompletion the entire game, uh, second half. And I know Jalen Hurts had the fumble, but I don't put all of that on him. Uh, The defense rushed five. They brought a linebacker off the left side, I believe, which strip sacked him. So I I I think that game was probably one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean,
0: you can look at that game,
1: and the one thing you can get, the
0: conclusion you can get from it is all the stars came to play in that game. Devontae Smith was great. A.J. Brown was great. Jalen Hurts was great. Dallas Goddard made big plays. Travis Kelsey made big plays. Patrick Mahomes made big plays. Everybody in dynasty fantasy that you expect to make big plays for your rosters, they all did that. And even a guy like Pacheco, who I'm not as high on, but he ran with purpose and balled out. Yeah, with all that being said, and Ryan touched on something, all of the offensive players that I can think of, played pretty well i mean even juju smith schuster had like six catches whenever it was all said and done so with that being said uh this might be a little easy considering there were so so many uh dynasty slash fantasy standouts in this game in my opinion let's take one take from each of us on the super bowl for fantasy purposes and, and i'll go first dynasty specifically here um mine is that Devonte smith is ascending obviously And I'm glad the Super Bowl fully alerted me to this. Uh, He was the highest riser I had from the Super Bowl. Uh, I knew Ryan last week took him in the early third round, early fourth round of our uh, mock draft that we did. And at that time, I thought that's a little too early. I probably would have taken several other wide receivers over him. But after uh, watching the Super Bowl and not, not just looking at the statistics, but just watching the way he played, and then going back and reviewing what he's done in his first two seasons, I moved him from wide receiver 19 to wide receiver 11 in my personal rankings, which that I know that seems like that I'm probably reacting too much, but it was a combination, like I said, it was a combination of what happened to Super Bowl plus just going back and taking a look at the information that we already have. I just think you were a little low on him from the beginning, and you I want once you dug a little deeper, you figured out that you were. And then part of it is the fact that he balled out. Um, he he's so he's such a great complement to what AJ Brown does, and that's that that helps that team. Uh, and I think that I was I was. Putting the fact that he's the wide receiver two against him too much, holding that against him too much, because what I discovered is that in terms of scoring, he was wide receiver nine this year, which I knew that, but I guess it hadn't sunk in. But the thing I think that's even more important than him being the wide receiver nine last year is he came from wide receiver 30 as a rookie. That's exactly the kind of maturation you want for a wide receiver going from their rookie season to their second season, in my opinion. Also, I think there's this aura or there has been this aura that Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback, but he showed us he can make all the throws. And he was just, the fact that he can do that just brings the ceiling for a wide receiver, too, in that offense just up that much more.
1: You know, Jalen Hurts and Smith played together at Alabama, so they do have some sort of connection with each other to start with. Sure. And I think, like you guys are saying, I think the fact that, that connection is there is going to help Devontae Smith score you points.
0: And with Smith being the wide receiver, too, in that offense, he gets the uh, secondary coverage uh, that Brown takes the uh, primary coverage from. And with his superior route running, uh, he just can just pick that part of the defense apart. Also, he is much more physical than what his frame looks. Yeah, and, and playing off of what both of you just said, and adding a little bit to it, I think during the Super Bowl he showed us that he can easily get open. He makes contested catches, and he has that great chemistry with Jalen Hurts, like Luigi said. And whereas AJ Brown is obviously the more physical, gifted athlete, and just better in general, I think it bodes well that for that, that for Devonte Smith that he has that great chemistry with with uh, Hurts. I moved him ahead of the big three, twenty-nine plus year old veteran wide receivers, talking about Cup, Adams, Diggs. Whereas I did have him slightly below those guys before the Super Bowl. I just don't see any reason at this point to not take the young upside of that guy over over that group. Yeah, I mean he's younger and he's producing similarly. Why would you not? Right. My off season plan with him is to try to pick up some shares at good value, obviously. Uh, I expect that he will progress again in his third season. But then I'll, I'll tell you, the plan after that is I, I see him kind of almost after next season in the same vein that uh, as T. Higgins that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. At that point, he'll have one year left on his deal plus his rookie option year and possibly a franchise year. So three years at best. And I, I just wonder where Philadelphia is going to come up with the money to resign him. So I think that kind of my idea right now is a year from now is going to probably be his peak value. And that's whenever I'm going to try to want to sell him. I think he may be worth of possibly a late first more than what he's worth right now. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a good strategy with him. Honestly, I, I could see right now with the fact that he did what he did in the Super Bowl, I could see this offseason being his peak. Like I, I think he's going to be a huge riser throughout the offseason. And uh, it, it may be, come to a point where he's not even a, a good buy at all because people are just – that recency bias, the last thing they saw is Devontae Smith falling out in the Super Bowl. and So do you think for – okay, let's just say for the sake of argument, if he's a wide, top five wide receiver next year, if he progresses again, you don't think he can gain value? or you think that people are going to go so much – they're going to base things so much on the Super Bowl that – that this will be his peak value. Oh no, I think I think he can gain value through the next year, but there is a better chance that he probably stays the same, or maybe even loses a little bit of value. Say say uh, say that offense is not quite as dynamic, and there's just not as many balls to go around. You just you just don't know what's going to happen from year to year. But if I was guessing, I would say I would say he, he is going to continue to gain.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of his value right now is kind of reliant on Jalen Hurts and the fact that they're both healthy. So if one of them goes down, I think that loses value in Devonte Smith. I don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to lose any value if he gets hurt, but I think Devonte Smith will. So I, I kind of agree with Ryan that I think now is his ceiling because like you just said, you moved him from wide receiver 19 to wide receiver 11. I, I think a lot of people are going to be moving him up in their rankings And I think it's going to be even harder for them to move him up more than what he already is right now.
0: Well, I'll just give you a couple examples. Let's, and I I still have these two guys ahead of Devontae Smith because they were rookies this year and I didn't expect as much out of them as Devontae Smith, right? But let's say Garrett Wilson and Alave don't have the type of progression that Devontae Smith experienced this year. You have to move Devontae Smith ahead of them, right? Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. so I don't, I don't think he's hit a ceiling yet, as well. No, yeah. but I think he's probably hit his hit, hit the tier.
1: Like he's he's going to be in. I th- I don't think he can move up into that next tier. Where I think more what Luigi's saying. Yeah, yeah, that is that's exactly what I'm saying. I I think probably wide receiver eight through twelve maybe are all in the exact same tier. They're all interchangeable, as Ryan loves to say, and and I think I don't think he can move up past that wide receiver eight.
0: Uh, I think he can move past eight, but if if, if you want to say that it's unlikely that he can move into the Jefferson Chase, Lamb, A.J. Brown tier, then I would agree with that. All right, Luigi, what's your take?
1: So my take is I believe that Kansas City is going to go out and either draft a wide receiver or sign a wide receiver for agency, and I think that that wide receiver, no matter who they are, is going to be valued as – a top three wide receiver in the rookie class, or maybe even a top 12 wide receiver in if they it comes out of free agency, because look at what Patrick Mahomes can do with wide receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling going into 2023. They have Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Toney as their three wide receivers on their roster. And I just don't think that they go into 2023 with those three guys being their only wide receivers. If
0: they draft a wide receiver and it's one of these top guys, and specifically Addison, JSN, maybe Quentin Johnson, depending on where people have him ranked. Or Boutte. Or Boutte, yeah. Don't forget him every week, right? LSU. (laughs) Uh, If they draft one of those guys, sky's the freaking limit. But I think, you know, as an kind of unintended pun here, Sky Moore kind of showed us that they can miss. So if they try to – get a guy in the second round or the third round and he's not as talented as some of these other guys. And we, and we don't have as much faith in them. I'm not so sure that I'm not going to kind of try to avoid those guys, kind of
1: types of guys, free agents that have already proven it. Absolutely. I agree with you. Has Sky Moore really shown us that they've missed? I mean, how many wide receivers normally come out into their rookie year and explode? This, this is
0: true. Maybe it's unfair for me to say that they have missed at this point, but it's certainly so far it looks like. He's been but an underachiever for sure. He's definitely been an underachiever. He couldn't get on the field with the wide receiving group that you mentioned, previously mentioned. And, and if they add talent, what makes you think he's going to get there now? Right. Uh, so I, I'm not saying that I'm rushing to sell all my shares of Sky Moore for a third, but I sure wish I could get the value that I paid for him last year. If I could get, if I could get two thirds of the value, I would move on. Right, exactly. Ron, take us home with your Super Bowl take here. I was just wanting to say something about, kind of piggybacking off what Luigi said, is uh, Kadarius Tony. Like he showed several flashes of the talent that he could have. He if, if he can do if he can duplicate that on a consistent basis, maybe they don't need to go out and get that, that big-time wide receiver to, to put the side in. Well, I certainly think that Katarius Toney is going to continue to ascend both in value and, and dynasty and for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think it's too big of a gamble at this point for them to not get somebody. Maybe they don't have to spend a first-round draft pick on a wide receiver. Maybe they don't have to get a, a big-name free agent, which seems non-existent in this year's free agent class. Uh, but they need to add to that wide receiver core. Uh, I feel like that they kind of won the Super Bowl this year in spite of it, of it. I think Tony is one of those guys, though. Everybody reamed Gettleman whenever he drafted Tony, but Tony has all the talent in the world. His only question mark so far has been his attitude and his ability to stay on the field, like the. The plays that he gets the, his hands on the ball, he is absolutely dynamic with the ball. He just can't stay healthy enough for them to give him consistent touches in that way. I'm going to give you a few names, and you tell me Tony or this guy right now. huh. John Dodson. Uh, Dodson. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Evans. Johnson. Evans. Mike Evans? Yeah. Uh, Tony. Really? Mike Evans for me. It would be Evans for me as well. But it's closer than... It probably was a week ago. Uh, Keenan Allen, obviously, you're going to say Tony here, uh, t- Tony. But I love me some Keenan Allen. Uh, he's just his value is just going to tank. Uh, I, I'll say Tony. I think I'd still go Keenan Allen here, but I'll, if if I very be, it's, it's very team it's dependent. team dependent. Yes, yes exactly. if, I, if I need if I need consistent points, I'm taking Allen. Last one, Christian Kirk. Um, as much as I'm not a Kirk fan, I think you have to
1: take Kirk just because he's shown he can stay on the field. OK, I agree. I agree. Christian Kirk, I think. And I, I think as much as I like Calvin Ridley coming back to that offense, I still think Christian Kirk is going to headway the team. OK, I, I, I agree. I, 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 I
0: think Christian Kirk is very safely in that offense, a wide receiver too in dynasty. So so I'm a, I agree, Christian Kirk. So that was basically the bottom five guys in my top 36 wide receiver. tier. So we're still saying that the Tony at best is a low end wide receiver four at this point uh, uh, with, with the with a huge potential to rise if he can stay healthy he, he's his ceiling is capped right now because he hasn't shown he can stand on the field his talent is much greater than a lot of those people that I actually put in my head put ahead of him right now he, he, he has that talent or he could be the biggest riser going into the next offseason if he can stay put a healthy season together
1: okay all right Luigi let's take a look at this team Okay, the league is a 14 team super flex 2.0 tight end premium league. The starting requirements are one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a super flex, and two flex, which is nine total spots. In 2022, I finished with the record of four and 10, which was last place in the league. My scoring was 14th, and my potential points was 14th in the league as well. My draft capital I have the 105, the 106, the 108, the 201, the 205 the 206, the 208, my own 2024 first, second, and third, and an extra 2024 first. My notable players at quarterback, I have Tua, Russell Wilson, and Baker Mayfield, if you consider him notable. At my running backs, I have Brees Hall and nobody else. At my wide receivers, I have DK Metcalf, Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman, and Jerry Judy. And then at tight end, I have Trey McBride and Irv Smith.
0: Luigi, when I first looked at this team and I saw your roster, and I, it's it's not gangbusters or anything, but when I looked at it and I saw that you finished dead last in both scoring and potential points, I said, this doesn't make any sense to me. And whenever I brought that up to you, that's whenever Luigi informed me that this was the team that he made the one-on-one trade with from a couple of weeks
1: ago. Yeah, within the last couple of months, I've made quite a few trades, that being one of them, the, the one-on-one for two DK in the 2024 first. Yeah, looking at these
0: QBs, like you can definitely see why he was the one on one. He had Russell Wilson as his one, and Baker Mayfield as his two. That is a big dumpster fire.
1: Yeah, I felt like I needed a, a quarterback more than I needed the one on one or Bijan Robinson. So whenever the trade was presented to me, I, I that's really where the only reason why I even made the trade is because I was like, I need a, a quarterback. Um, but some of the other trades that I made, like I said, over the last couple of months, I traded. Ken Walker and J.K. Dobbins for Brees Hall and Devontae Smith. I traded T. Higgins for Nico Collins, who I've since traded the 105 and the 205. And then I traded Cooper Cup and Jameson Williams for the 108, the 111, which I've since traded, and Trey McBride. So I, I did end the season with a much better team than I started the season with. Um, And I really felt like I was going in the right direction. So
0: this team is very much already under construction as we're looking at it right now. Luigi's (laughs) already made three trades, which I don't think I've made three total trades on all my teams up until this point. It It feels like most people are just taking a nap on Dynasty right now. This is that lull time of the period where it's really hard to get trades made. But essentially, Luigi's taken... In, in those three trades, he's gone from having what I would have considered a clear win later team to off the back of mainly the Bijan trade, in my opinion, but also the, the the that second one you said was ridiculous as well. The Devonte Smith and uh, Brees Hall that was also a very good trade for your team. Who was the guy? Who was the guy you traded with? Ken Walk, Kenneth Walker. It was Ken
1: Walker and J.K. Dobbins for That's for not- Hall and. De- and,
0: and Devontae You could say he got the. You could argue he got the best part of both sides. Of oh, he did. I think. It, it, I, you I, have I, Walker ahead of Reese Hall. Uh, but, but 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 assuming that Reese Hall is the more talented back, assuming he comes back from his injury, I will I will easily move Hall above Walker. But essentially, you've traded into a what I consider from here on out. You need to go clearly win now, and I, I think that's what you're about to tell us,
1: right? Correct. So starting with my quarterback position, I have Tua ranked as my QB 12 and Russell Wilson as my QB 20. Uh, While Tua's health is a little bit of a concern, I'm pretty confident he'll be back to his pre-injury form. Wilson finished the final six games of the season, I believe, as a top 10 quarterback in points per game. And adding Sean Payton, I think he can get up there to be close to my quarterback 12. So I feel like I've got, two of the top 15 finishers at quarterback uh, in 2023. Still, I would like to acquire a cheap quarterback with upside, no matter which direction I decided to take with this team. Uh, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, etc. I definitely have the draft capital to do so. On to the running back position. Like I stated earlier, the only running back of note I have on the roster is Brees Hall, which I think is a pretty good running back of note to have. I have Hall ranked as my RB5. I do worry he'll be kind of sluggish to start the year, but considering this is his sophomore year, I have plenty of, of years with him. The wide receiver position is clearly the strength of my team. I think I have four top 30 wide receivers as well as two rookie wide receivers that I have in my top 20 if that's the direction I decide to go with those picks. I'll probably try to package one of those wide receivers to get a top running back or tight end.
0: I think I think you may have four top 25 uh, wide receivers after the uh, Sean Payton coming to Denver. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Judy, Judy's going Judy. to be a big riser throughout the offseason. Um, still not a Pittman believer, but that's just, that's just my own personal defense. Well, it's funny you say that because pre-Sean Payton coming, I had Pittman ahead of Judy, but I, I think for me it's reversed now. Yeah, I, 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 I may end up having to admit being late to the party with Michael Pittman, but for now he's just not one of my guys that I want, and I have zero shares of the guy.
1: Yeah. yeah, before the Sean Payton thing, I had Judy a few spots behind Michael Pittman. I'm a, admittedly a believer in Michael Pittman. I, I always have been. Uh, but I, I think now they're pretty close, pretty interchangeable. I just I'm not sure where I have them ranked um, in terms of actual numbers because there's just so many wide receivers that I that I like ahead of them, I would say. You, talk, you talked earlier about the
0: uh, um, ascendance of Russell Wilson towards the end of the year. A lot of that, a lot of those targets were going to Judy. Judy was a Judy was very good towards the end of the season and really finished the season yeah. strong. It's good point. They kind of ascended together there at the end of the year. Exactly.
1: So at my tight end position, I clearly have win later tight ends in Irv Smith and Trey McBride. While I think they're solid depth guys and may uh, transition into better guys in the future, I don't have a top tier tight end that I want that I want to rely on week in and week out. Um.
0: I actually really like McBride um, as long as if if Arch doesn't come back, I really like McBride and the possibilities of him playing with uh, Kyler. uh, McBride showed flashes in his rookie season of being a a very reliable uh, tight end. I don't think he necessarily needs to go out and get a stud, although he may have chosen to do that, and that would be fine. I don't think he has to get a stud with McBride on the team, but he, he the, the tight end group needs some help next year. You could go out and get a guy like Dalton Schultz or someone like that, and that would solidify
1: your tight end with the upside of having Trey McBride. That, that was that sounds great. Yeah, Trey McBride was my tight end one coming out of that class, and, and I, I haven't changed my opinion on him just yet. Actually,
0: the, since I've seen him on the field, my evaluation of Trey McBride's actually went up. Like He didn't have great quarterback play, and he was still producing at a decent pace. So we've discussed the roster a little bit here, Luigi. Uh, What direction are you taking this team?
1: Well, like you stated earlier, I think the direction of this team is clearly win now. Um, I'll be sending out some trades to try and acquire top running backs and tight ends, as well as maybe sending some of those wide receivers with a later first to upgrade to better wide receivers. If I can't manage to get any trade done, I'll be using the draft picks to draft best player available. At the 105 and 106, I feel like I can get my two favorite wide receivers or my favorite wide receiver and Levis or Richardson, or even land Gibbs in one of the combo of the wide receivers or Levis or Richardson, depending on how that fourth pick goes. At the 108, I can look towards Michael Meyer, which would boost my tight end group. In the second round, if you're going win now, you just want to draft best player available. Should I keep all of those draft picks, I'll be leaving the draft with seven top 22 players in the rookie draft. And I'd want to hold on to my 2024 firsts so that they can help me win later, if that's the direction that I go with the draft. But going win now, I'm definitely looking to ship them. Some trades I would like to make are similar to Judy and the 108 for CD Lamb. Um, a couple of my seconds, maybe a later first for Alvin Kamara. My or my extra 2024 first for Najee Harris. If I have to add a second to get that done, I'll, I'll definitely do so. Uh, trade some of the other seconds I have left for a tight end, probably someone like Evan Ingram, and then go out and acquire the cheapest quarterback with upside I can get. Let's say Daniel Jones. So looking at the trades you made there, like i probably will be in the minority on this,
0: but I want the Judy 108 side. Uh, Judy is an ascending asset. And I think with what you compare at the 108, either one of these young wadouts. Maybe in a 2.0 oh, tight end premium, you can get uh, a Meyer, which f- helps fix the tight end position that you're wanting to do. Or you all- also could end up with a guy like Levis, uh, which gives you the depth of quarterback that you're looking to get. So those are all good points. Uh, I like the Meyer, Meyer pointing especially, but – I'm going to tell you, on 95% of my teams, if somebody's trying to send me C.D. Lamb for Judy in the 108, I'm going to be ecstatic. He's my wide receiver three. And while I just said I like Judy quite a bit more after the Sean Payton news, to me, if you can get a proven young stud like C.D. Lamb, I'm I'm just going to do it. Uh, We think that Judy is going to be better next year. But we're pretty sure that Ceedee Lamb is going to be a top five-ish, top ten-ish, ten-ish wide receiver. I'm also banking on the fact that he's going to build off what he did towards the end of the season. With once he has, once he gained chemistry with Russell Wilson, it seemed like he he was clearly the alpha in that offense and um, was scoring at a wide, a low end wide receiver one uh, pace. <laughs> yeah, our our philosophies are probably why we're on opposite ends of this. Ryan, uh, yeah, I'm it's, a, de- I'm a depth guy. You're a stars guy. That's just I, the way it works. I, I love depth, but I, I, it's hard for me. Whenever it, it's a young guy, and he's one of my top five guys, it, it's really hard for me to move off that guy or not accept that guy in a trade. Uh, but the, I, I, yeah, I, I, I try to break things down and bank on the fact that those assets I are going to ascend and accumulate because it's easier to accumulate value on two assets than it is to accumulate on one. Well, I'm all about value. You know that, but to me, the lamb side is winning the value here. That's my problem with the, with the trade. Um, Lamb could also lose value. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. Both sure. Them- so could Patrick Mahomes, but it's not likely that, that lamb will lose value. Moving on to some of these other trades, I would not trade the 201 for Alvin Kamara. Uh the, it's just me personally at this point the the 13th pick in this draft is, is worth more to me than a guy who I, I'm still worried that he may not play next year. Yeah. That, that, that's, that suspension is still looming. Nobody's talking about it right now, but it's definitely there. And that's enough. That's enough to kind of make you want to steer clear of that. The but, two of them, Go ahead. Lee. No, you're Sorry. good. I
1: was going to say, I, I did say something similar to, I'm sure that I wouldn't be able to go out and get that trade done, honestly. But I mean, if, if i go out and send the offer and it gets accepted i i would still be satisfied with it but i'm going to go out and send offers to for players similar on, to Alvin on, Kamara on,
0: honestly i think you could you could do it for a guy like Dalvin Cook at this point too and i think Dalvin Cook's much safer you might have to throw like a light second end but on, on, honestly if you look at trades that are happening right now if um Dalvin Cook is just a second round pick he just is. Yeah. Kind of crazy to me. Uh, it, is, it is crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy to me, but it's just reality right now. Now, the 205, which you also mentioned, I might be willing to gamble the 205 for Kamara, maybe. Uh, but moving on uh, to the uh, Najee Harris trade. On uh, 2024 first for Najee Harris, you said you might have to add a second to get this done. I I love that for going for a win now team, but a, a, a 2024 first, it's probably going to be later, and a second for a get for a guy who's in my top 12 at the running back position. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I, I would probably even look to maybe instead of the um, extra 24 first, your team's going to be very solid. I would probably try to do do yours, and then maybe something happens, and the other team is not as good, and you're in, you end up with that. That draft capital that you can trade towards the, end of the se- towards the end of the season and make that playoff push in a spot
1: where you need it. Yeah, that 2024 first is, like I stated earlier, is the one I um, traded Bruce Hall for and I acquired two of DK in 2024 first. But that team won the league in 2022.
0: So Yeah, but they ripped themselves off whenever they, they traded all those assets away for the one on one. So
1: <laughs> I think the team's naturally going to be
0: weaker. So that was a that was a win now team that made that trade with you. Yes,
1: yeah, he won the league in twenty twenty two.
0: That's very surprising. I mean his his team has to be a little gutted at this point, correct? Does Does he have a lot of depth at quarterback? Because that seems like a pretty pretty tough pill to swallow. That's trying to guy White
1: two away. I think Tua was his QB3, but I think. Oh, okay. Well, but I don't think he has a QB3 now. So he has to hope and pray that. Well, we, we,
0: so, but if Tua's <laughs> his QB3, then his QB1 and 2 must be absolutely ridiculous. Sure.
1: But I guess what I'm saying is if, if he has an injury at either one of those quarterbacks, then he's yeah, SOL. I guess, I guess I don't have as. I'm not as big about
0: which one of the first you trade because it sounds like both those teams are going to be in the mix, as you kind of pointed out. Uh, you said earlier something about trading two seconds for someone like Evan Ingram. Yeah. Okay. Is that a trade that we think that could be pulled off? Is is that, is that about Ingram's value right now?
1: I believe so. I, I mean, even if I have to trade uh, one of my weaker guys at wide receiver that I have that I didn't name.
0: I, I don't want to be trading for Ingram on a win now team until I know for sure he's going to continue to stay t- tied to Trevor. Who's someone that you would target? Can we get Can we get Darren Waller for two seconds at
1: this point? I don't think so. Don't
0: think um, so. His His depending on the team, you might be able to. Um, I would want I would want to try to trade like one of those mid mid seconds and, and maybe a little something else and get a guy like Dalton Schultz, especially if he ends up back in Dallas. He is uh, Dak's security blanket. I'm assuming that we don't want to trade even a late first for somebody like Evan Ingram,
1: correct? Correct.
0: Okay. I I just want to make sure we're all in agreement on that.
1: I I would rather keep the 108 if it came down to that and take Michael Meyer. At some point,
0: if if he does get tied to Trevor for a decent amount of time or another good quarterback, uh, maybe, but right now with him going in as a free agent, there's just too much question mark to put that kind of, kind of value into a guy who really hasn't produced uh, for a while until he actually had a contract, and we know what happens there. People know generally generally overachieve on contract years.
1: Yeah, but I, I think, like, he proved himself a little bit this year, so I think teams that are in need of a, t- of a tight end will be looking in his direction, say, the Chargers, or even back in Jacksonville.
0: I mean, if he ends up with the Chargers, sign me up, giving a first, <laughs> Put, putting him with – uh uh, Herbert, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, where, I, where, I, where I think uh, Lawrence is a is a great quarterback, he's nowhere near the caliber in my mind that Herbert is. Well, I, I would disagree with that, but I, I certainly have Herbert ahead of Lawrence. But it's it's my QB five, and my QB six at this point. But but there's a tear break there, right? There's a small tear break, sure. I think it's a yeah for me, it's a pretty substantial one. But but uh, moving on. So you mentioned earlier. Something about trading for Daniel Jones or Jared Goff to shore up your quarterback room. What are you planning on trading for
1: them? Uh, maybe my the 2024 first that I have left over, the one that I don't trade for Najee Harris. Maybe look in that direction. I, I think I would probably need something back in return with one of those two guys, but I mean that's probably the only asset I have left.
0: I don't think at this point you can pick Daniel Jones up for a 20, random 24 first. Uh the like, I his his value is just keeps ascending and I just don't think that's that's you have lost that window I think at this point. Or, or Jared Goff in my opinion. I Us. think Goff is much more obtainable than Daniel Jones just because D- Daniel Jones has the upside of his legs and um I, I the, the, he's getting ready to get a contract I'm pretty sure and I, I don't think that he can pick either one of them up for a 2021 especially the 2024 first that he has because as we said he has the defending champions 2024 first and he's making all these moves people are gonna catch on to that so right now I don't think that there's maybe there's probably less than 10 percent of dynasty owners that would move either one of those guys for a late 2024. I, I still think there's a stigma, though, with Jared Goff, where I think the stigma was removed with Daniel Jones. If people are wise, in my opinion, before they even consider trading Jared Goff for a late first in any year. They'll wait and see what Denver does in this draft. You mean uh, Detroit? Detroit, yes, because I don't know who Detroit Lions are apparently. But if they don't believe in Jared Goff and they think that uh, Detroit is going to move, like you just you just slam you you, you just slam and uh, get get him off your roster for a first, and then you know that you're not losing the value. Well. I think that that's a much bigger gamble because I think most of us believe at this point that they're going to stick with Jared Goff.
1: So what quarterback do you think I could acquire for 2024 first?
0: Probably not one that you're going to actually want to do that trade for. I think there's kind of a, you know, maybe
1: a guy like um, the guy from Seattle, Geno Smith, but I would do that. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't do that right now because I think they have a high chance of drafting a quarterback. Maybe Aaron Rodgers,
0: but again, I wouldn't do that. I'm perfectly content going into the uh, season on this ro- with this roster uh, with only two QBs, assuming that you keep some of the draft capital in your holster to be able to make the move later on. I don't want to overpay in the off season for a quarterback. Normally, I would be okay with that. I generally like having three quarterbacks going in on a win-now team to the season. But I have made exceptions to that rule whenever I had two really strong quarterbacks without question marks. But I feel like even though Tua, when he's on the field, is probably QB low in QB1, high in QB2, you can't ignore the question marks that we've stated many times on this show. So there's 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 something there with that. Also, Russell Wilson, even though he played well for the six last six-ish games of the season, three-fourths of the season, this guy was absolute trash. So he's got to show me a little bit with Sean Payton at the beginning of next season before I could really feel like I can trust him to be my QB two with no security blanket sitting there at QB three.
1: Yeah. And I agree. And that's like I stated earlier, I think Russell Wilson can project himself up to be in a top 12, top 15 finisher at quarterback, but I would, he would need to prove a lot more. He would need to finish the season. Or he needed to go into the season the way he finished the season. And I think Sean Payton can help with that as well. Sean Payton is able to get the most out of his guys.
0: So, Luigi, we, we've we discussed your trades now. Why don't you go ahead and recap this team for us, and then Ryan and I will uh, talk about what we did with the team.
1: So, if I am able to make those trades, uh, that puts my team at Tua, Russell Wilson, Brees Hall, Najee Harris, C.D. Lamb, DK Metcalf, Evan Ingram, Devontae Smith, Alvin Kamara, and my bench will include Michael Pittman, Daniel Jones, whoever I use the 105 on or trade it for, and then Trey McBride. My depth is a little weak, but my starting lineup, I think, is solid enough that I can compete with it.
0: Yeah, to where I'm not a big Pittman guy, having Pittman on your bench is a pretty nice uh, pr- pretty nice wild card to have. But he, do- he does have the potential to be, be – um, a wide receiver one, I'm just not a believer. So uh, that team has Pittman on the bench, which is a good start to your depth. It's a little shallow after that, but I don't mind that. I've got teams like that. Uh, You're only starting nine, so the depth is not as important, but it is a 14-team league, so I guess technically – is that more? That's more starters than a 12 team,
1: with right? 10. Yeah, so
0: sure. just curious like, what does this lead you as far as draft capital? Um, still left to where you can make moves throughout the season.
1: Um, I've got the 105 and I've got the 206 and the 208. If I don't trade those two, and, seconds. and you're
0: 24 first, correct.
1: Uh, if I don't use my 2024 first on a quarterback, yes. But in, in well, this... You still have a
0: 2024 first, though. Well, I'll have used two. a 2024 on Harris. one on Frenadier, on right? And then for the okay.
1: quarterback. So for the sake of this argument team, I, I did trade my 2024 The only first. relevant, real relevant pick you would have left would be the One of five,
0: yes. And that could... Honestly, be a great trade piece. Once we get landing spots, you could probably flip that into a very nice veteran to help you this team win right now. I agree. Or, or if Gibbs yes. gets there, that would be that would be ideal. huge deal.
1: Yes, it really and would. It be. honestly might
0: be one of those things where you just keep the one hundred and five and 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 trade it on the clock. And and,
1: um, and that's why for this, that's why for the sake of argument, I had no trade out there for the 105 because I feel like that pick can only gain more value as the combine comes along and the NFL draft comes along. If
0: I'm trading draft picks on any team right now, even if I'm going win later, if I'm trading draft picks, I better be getting more than what that pick is worth. Otherwise I'm just gonna stay on the wait till I'm on the clock and then trade it or just make the pick. There's no reason in, in February to trade draft picks at even value in my opinion. So let me start by saying, now that we're moving on to Ron and I's approach to this, and uh, I definitely thought that this should, team should have transitioned to win. Now I would have done a couple of things differently than than Luigi did, but the the overall product would have been pretty similar once once I got done. But uh, for the sake of of making this conversation interesting, I'm going to take this team in a win later direction. Uh, Ryan is also. Going in a win later direction, but we're doing we did things a little bit differently. So I'll uh, I'll start off, Ryan, and you just kind of chime in when you agree slash disagree with anything. Okay, sounds good. First and foremost, I'm going to gamble on onto continuing to play. I think that this is the right decision for a win later team. I also think that in a lot of situations, it's right for win now teams. But definitely, I can afford to not have. Tua on the field next year uh, if if I'm win later. What, whether or not you believe in Tua as a player, you can't question the fact that he has an elite pair of ass to throw to. So his floor is extremely safe. Yeah, and, and if you trade Tua off this team, you're, you have nothing at quarterback, in my opinion, for a win later team. Uh, the second thing, the first move I would make with this team is I would try to, and I'm sure everyone can predict this trade Brees Hall. I have three trades that I kind of looked at as possibilities Hall for the 104 and an early second, Hawkinson and an early second for Brees Hall. I know last week that Ron and I both said that we would take Hawkinson in a vacuum over Brees Hall, but if we're being completely honest, the Dynasty Community in General values Hall much more than they do Hawkinson. So I think I could get him. We're, we're much higher on on uh, Hawkinson in the market. Yeah. So I think I could get a, an early second on top I, I, of it. I, I think that's reasonable. Um, I'm probably not moving whole on off of this roster because I'm looking at this as more of a – I think this team's going to win later, but uh, with as much draft capital in use as on this team, I think you can look at the fact and think, well – if I hit on a few of these picks and a few of these picks at running back, there's a possibility this team can just sneak into the playoffs. And with all the youth, you never know. You never know. You never know what can happen once you get into the playoffs. Well, I am fine if I cannot move Brees Hall. I'm not going to give him away. But if I can make one of these trades, I would prefer to not have a running back on my team. If, if, I, can tra- if I can trade Hall for Hawkinson, even if it's with very little added. Yeah. Oh with 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 me being over the moon about Hawkinson, uh I'm just ready to do it. Um Hall Hall to me Hall and any running back is replaceable, but I was kind of going with more of an approach of trying to see what happens because you look at this wide receiver core. This wide receiver core is extremely, extremely solid. And it has upside. So you could Potentially overachieve your way into the playoffs, especially with all the draft capital that's on this roster. Well, my third Brees Hall trade, I'll mention this briefly, was uh, Garrett Wilson in a mid second for Brees Hall. Oh, give. Give me Garrett Wilson straight up for a breeze Hall. Sure, but I don't think that you would have to do that. I think that the overall consensus is that Hall is worth probably a second more than, than Garrett Wilson. If you're going if you're to make that trade, I think you need to make that trade right now, because Garrett Wilson's going to continue to grow. Sure. Well, for the sake of this argument, this exercise, I'm going with the Hawkinson and Early Second trade. Sure, that seems reasonable. Uh, this, the, the next thing that I would do with this team is I would try to trade Russell Wilson. Uh, I also came up with three possible trades there. I would try to trade Russell Wilson for the 109, 110, or 111, something in that range. Uh, The second trade would be Russell Wilson for a 2024 first. The third trade would be uh, Russell Wilson for Kenny Pickett, and I might be willing to add the 208 to Russell Wilson just to move into the younger asset of Kenny Pickett. With my approach, I'm probably going to hold on to Russell Wilson, which I think is probably a good thing because I think even if I decide to break it down later on, um, his I, his value I think is going to continue to ascend uh, as it gets closer. Like you start getting those training cap tweets of of him uh, running plays and Sean Payton bragging about how good Russell Wilson is. I think you're going to have a by our sell high window, if, if you want want to do so. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, but you're eventually trading them before the season starts. So that's de- de- depe- depending. I'm on not the- saying I'm gonna trade them right now, but if I can get any of these deals done, I think that those are all smash accepts on a win later team for Russell Wilson. I think I think close to the season, you'll probably do get more than a twenty four uh, first, it's, Unless you think that the 24 first is going to be a mid. A uh, mid or better. I think you might be dreaming a little bit. I don't see anyone trading more than 20, first Russell Wilson until he gets on the field and proves it. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but show me the trade. Just I, like louise did with the Bijan trade, show me the trade. I, w- and then, and I, I'll I'll want, I want. I want. I. I probably I probably would pull the trigger on Russell Wilson at that point, but pe- people hold on to names for a really long time in dynasty, and they. They they don't they don't uh, they tend they tend not not to move away they 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 gain those those crushes on guys and just won't let them go.
1: So actually, funnily enough, I I was trying to trade Russell Wilson along with some of those trades I've made over the last couple of months, and nobody wanted him for anything relatively close to what I would want to trade for. Him. Like I was offered like a third and a backup wide receiver. Or something and, and, and Russell and at Wilson. that point, you're and, just leaving that guy on your roster. Yeah,
0: kind, kind of like the George Kittle trades. Like you, exactly. you just can't smoke Kittle right now.
1: Russell Wilson may not be one of those guys you can move. I would rather keep Russell Wilson on my roster than, than trade like a third
0: for him. Well, absolutely, but uh, those trades aren't even close to what I propose. No, right, you're <laughs> right.
1: I was just right, saying, like, but his but trade, but his trade he's, market he's, value he's, is so low right now. He, he he's saying that,
0: which means the trade the trades that you're trying to get here are are but at market value are he, kind of unreasonable. He, this mind, was this before,
1: before Sean Payton. Payton. Yeah,
0: yeah. His, so, his value may have changed, and I, I think that there are teams out there, maybe not in every league, but there are teams out there who would give a 2024 first for Russell Wilson. I think, I think they're now. very, they're, it's very team, team dependent. And, and, and they all, they have to be win now and then they have to believe in Sean Payton. Yeah. Right. Well, let's move on a little bit. But for the sake of this argument, I, I said that I was going to get a 2024 first one around 24 first. That so is. the fourth thing I would do on this team, and I actually feel kind of strongly about this Unless I just get some pretty good offers for these guys, I'm keeping Metcalf and Smith. This is my current wide receiver 10 and 11. Smith is very young, and Metcalf is still young enough to where he's going to be okay two to three years down the road if it takes you that long to get uh, into a win now approach. So, and honestly, the only way I'm trading Judy on this roster is if I get an overpay. I'm not going to say an overpay, and I'm getting ready to touch on that. Uh, But I'm not going to give him away, in my opinion. Like I said, though, I I generally am much higher on Judy than the market. So that brings me to to the fifth thing that I'm going to try to do, which is I'm going to try to trade Pittman and Judy for both of them I value similarly. I'm going to try to get a mid-2023 second and a 2024 first for each of them. If I can't get that, then I probably will hold on to them, like Ron said. But I'm definitely going to try to make those trades right now. Even though I do believe that Judy is ascending, if, with a win-later approach, I'm happy to turn him into two draft picks. Oh, I I, I would be happy to do so as well. Uh, I I think you can make those moves right now, because people people are going to want to put those points on their roster. Like Both of those guys are are young assets. Um, the The consensus is both of them are talented. I don't think Pittman is, but that's just my personal opinion. I'll, I'll continue to put that out there. Uh, but um, I think I think easily you can find owners that will give you a 24 first and a, and a 23 second. I think that's very reasonable outlook to, to try to attack. The sixth thing that I'm going to do with this team is I'm going to absolutely, without a doubt, hold on to Trey McGride. He is the ideal young tight end for a win-later roster. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to try to add on to Trey McBride at that position, and Irv Smith, I guess, technically, too. But there's just no reason to trade Trey McBride at his current. I, actually, this is goes for any team. Win now, win later. Trey McBride, in my opinion, is going to outproduce his current value. So he just stays. So the Trey McBride uh, tight end position, with, with, my, with what I'm going to be trying to do, I... I want to try to take Meyer with one of these picks and solidify the tight end position that way. Um, I, 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 t- I want to be able to take and use these picks and fill in the roster, fill in depth. Cause I like to uh, build my team through depth more than Joe does. Joe, Joe's more of a star power type guy. He likes to trade, trade up into players that he believes in. I like to accumulate lots of assets and, uh, spread them out and hopefully hope, hopefully hit on those guys. And I think Meyer would be a perfect addition to this roster. I don't like trading up for players until I'm moving on to a win now approach. I'm very much about breaking down whenever we're talking about win later, unless I'm going after a stud quarterback. And then I will gladly trade up at any point, any point in time I'll trade up for, for, for a, you 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 will you will do it from time to time for a wad out as well. Like, I mean, only if I'm getting a good deal. Well, only if I'm getting like a Jefferson at below market cost, which doesn't happen. In, like right? like I know you talked earlier about the uh, the CD Lamb for Judy and, and the one hundred and eight. Like you think you think that that's clearly a bit good well, deal. yeah, because I just think that's great value for CD Lamb. Uh, see, I'm I'm on the other side of that. Like uh, I I. Where we're, we're you tend ten to lean towards building up, I tend to lean towards building down. My final thought on this team before I recap it is, is that I'm just going to take the best player available with all my 2023 20, firsts and seconds. Obviously, I'm going to avoid running back in most cases and slightly prioritize the QB position. Because even though Tua is a, a low-end QB1, high-end QB2, there are some question marks. And this quarterback room needs help, especially after the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, So I'm going to move into my uh, recap real quick. Ryan doesn't really, we don't really need to recap Ryan's team because it's basically staying the same. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just taking best, best available player and kind of standing put and seeing where, where this roster goes. Uh, Maybe if, um, they continue to compete if they they compete and you're six or seven weeks in and you look like you can make a playoff push at that point um then then maybe you look at trading the 24 first and making a few moves to try to try to push the team over the top get in the playoffs because if you get in the playoffs you never know what's going to happen i've had some really not so great teams win win trophies uh I, I guess that that's where my disagreement comes with Ryan on this because I don't really think this is a win later question mark team. I, I think it, like I said earlier, it should have went win now this is just a devil's advocate approach, but I, I will admit as I'm about to, to give you my finished product that when I saw this, I I second guess my original uh, analysis. I, I think, I think, I think this team is, can't can't can be when like it's very flexible, but with, with having this much draft capital, like be, being, being, uh, being, being win now is very reasonable and being when later is very reasonable. And I just kind of took the middle point on this. I'm, I don't, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other where I want to go with this roster. So I'm just going to kind of take the wait, wait and see approach. All right. So uh, I'm going to read this off here real quick. At quarterback, I have Tua. At wide receiver, I have DK Metcalf and Devontae Smith. At tight end, TJ Hawkinson, Trey McBride, and Irv Smith. So a pretty strong nucleus for a win-now team. Needs another quarterback, obviously. But Metcalf and Smith is is super strong start at wide receiver. Hawkinson, we, we've talked about right now. I've talked about how we feel about that guy. So let's move on to the picks. So if I'm able to pull off the trades we talked about, the the four four trades, I would have the 105, the 106, the 108, 201, 205, the 206, the 208, and three additional 2023 seconds somewhere. So three mid firsts and seven seconds this year. And in twenty twenty-four, I would have five 2024 firsts, including my own or Luigi's own in this case and and his 2024 second. So like I said, after looking at this finished product, if I was able to pull these trades off, that is an incredible, fantastic win later team. Very few of so, few have I've seen that would actually be better. To be to be honest, like if you if you hit on enough of like with that many picks, you you could easily hit on enough of those picks that you end up the playoff team. <laughs> like um after the twenty I don't Let's think be, especially with that many seconds and most people consider that there's a ton of running back talent in those seconds. Like you have you have over half of the second round fix in the keep in mind though, I only have five viable starters just going in. Uh, you have two uh Metcalf, Smith, Hawkinson, actually four because I was counting you have four viable starters. You're probably not going to get there in 2023. You're going to have you're going to go into 2020. You're going to have to hit on some of those seconds. But you have seven of them. Yeah, and you have you have you, you have, have three first, three first, and seven seconds. If that team with with the ten draft picks, three in the first and seven in the second, could get to win win now this season from four players of starting with being completely devoid of talent after that. Hear me out. That means this twenty four twenty three class is going to be stupid good. That's what that would have to be. I also think with having seven seconds, the likelihood that during the draft, you're going to package multiple of those seconds to move up, move up to pick off, pick up guys that you're going to like. Maybe, maybe, but the, keep in mind, this was a declaration of being win later. Yeah. Okay. I could have, agreed with Luigi and I do agree with Luigi actually I would have went with now obviously I've said that many times but this is what I felt like you could do with with this I actually I I don't hate that the fact that you're uh kind of waiting for the season to start with Ron as I've said before on the show I've got teams I do that with but if I'm being honest with you Luigi's win now team and my win later team. I feel like are much better positions than where you're at by staying still. To be fair, I don't think that you change this roster enough to be that much different than where I'm at. You, you you traded Wilson and two of the wideouts, and I think you're very likely in the future will end up taking outs with those picks that you took. You're just buying forward just a little bit and. Judy and Pittman are are both
1: good young assets, like, and you know that they've hit. Like, why why would you trade those away? Wow, you just said Michael Pittman was a good young asset. That's crazy. Uh, (sighs) That, gosh, that hurt. That hurt
0: real bad. (laughs) Well, actually, what I did run was I turned Russell Wilson, Brees Hall, Pittman, and Judy into TJ Hawkinson, which would be your highest rated player amongst those five. Four first-round draft picks next year and a loaded class, or what people are already calling a loaded class, and three second-round picks. So I definitely did a lot with this roster. Just
1: to clarify, it was just three first-round picks in twenty
0: twenty-four. Yeah. Uh oh, correct. Because you already had one. Yeah. So three first, three first-round extra first-round picks. Yeah. Two, three seconds, and T.J. Hopkins. Okay. My, my my argument is though, like your team, your team could very easily end up doing kind of the same thing because you're you're taking so many picks here that you're kind of taking. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not gonna move some of these guys. If I can make those moves that you said, I'm fine with making those moves. But like uh, with Wilson, the one with Wilson, I'm fine. I'm fine waiting on Wilson. I think he's going to sure. And I said I'm fine waiting on it with all these guys either. But you also said that you thought that I could get most likely could get every single one of these trades done. So you're kind of arguing the point that I'm making that why not go ahead and make these trades? I think you can get the trades, um, but I don't, I don't think it's that much different than Well, than tell me different. honestly, if if I can get all three, four of these trades done. Okay. Which you said that I could earlier. Do you like where your finished product is at or where my finished product is at? Well, I like keeping haul. I'm a huge haul fan. And I think with this much this much capital behind him, I think you can easily put him as an RB one and compete this year. This is um, an interesting like, take out of you because you're always a trade running backs for a win later, just like I am. It's, so it's very interesting take. I I am just I, I, I like Bruce Hall a lot, and uh, the only guy that I would really like there's like two guys on this roster that I, that I would be fine trading away. Uh, one of them's Pittman, just because I don't believe in the guy. It's not because of his value, but I just don't believe in him. Uh, and also he doesn't have a quarterback. And you don't you want to think that they're gonna fix it in the draft or in the offseason, but they tried two offseasons to fix the quarterback position and they failed miserably. Um, and and then and then Russell Wilson. But I think it's kind of a more of a wait and see approach with him.
1: Okay. Well,
0: that's uh, Oh, I have. Luigi, Ryan, anything to add here? Or are we ready to wrap this up?
1: No, you've all touched on pretty much everything I would do as well if I was going with a, a win-later approach. Okay. That will do it for the fifth episode of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. Thank you for joining us.
0: Please leave any in the comments below. We would love to hear from you guys. We hope you join us next week. For my co-hosts, Luigi Federico and Ryan Nunn, this has been Joe Galloway signing off.